Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donnie, who joined today by Greg Johnstone. Um, as we get closer to the return of MLS action, or whatever we want to call it, the MLS's back tournament taking place in Orlando starting July 8th. We still don't have the Revolution schedule, um, but we are getting closer to having some MLS soccer on the field. We've got Premier League soccer return this week. We've had Bundesliga. we got La Liga starting to be a return to a massive soccer, even more so than we'd normally have this time of year um, in the summer. Greg, how are you doing with uh, still obviously in quarantine, but with more sports finally getting back on the air? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great, and soccer's back, which means we're going to be posting more podcasts, hopefully. Um, we had one last week with Julian Cardillo and Jay Katniss, and it was just re- really refreshing to talk about Major League Soccer again and looking forward to games uh, and, and kind of talking about strategy and who we kind of expect to, to emerge from the lineup and, and whatnot. And I know Bruce Arena has uh, an interview on the Benny and Sal podcast coming out on Thursday. I, I guess it's the 20th. 18th while wow, I'm way off don't know what day it is because I'm in quarantine but um yeah so I'm just excited that we're we're have the ability to talk soccer again and talk about the New England Revolution I'm very excited overall yeah and and one guy who will be interesting to watch with those uh, lineup changes is, is Dewan Jones because you know as we've talked about in previous episodes the Revolution this offseason signed a couple of interesting signings at left back and Alexander Butner and Seth Sinovic those guys were, were injured or not you know fit at the start of the season I, I believe now they will be so it'll be interesting to see how how he moves around. And um, we actually had the chance to talk to him for this episode. Got a chance to ask him a bit about where he thinks he might play. And, you know, I guess he's been training out right back as well. So some some interesting tidbits from him on uh, where he might play as well as uh, his career so far. And we can we can play that interview now. Joining us today on Revolution Recap is second year New England Revolution defender midfielder Dewan Jones, a first round pick in the 2019 MLS Super Draft, who's already become a regular in the New England Revolution lineup. Dewan, recently full training resumed for MLS teams. I think you guys started back on June 8th or, or around then. Uh, has it been difficult to restart following the quarantine? Um, not really. Um, to my surprise, everyone came back in really good shape. Um, and the teams really were gelling together really well right now. So uh, it's honestly been kind of a dream and dream comeback so far so you think it's realistic to be match fit by the the start of this tournament in july yeah yeah bruce has us uh <laughs> he has us running a lot um playing a lot so i think i think we'll be ready um and it, and it sounds like they're implementing a five subs rule in mls like they've been implementing in soccer leagues throughout the world do you think that's a, a good rule change and kind of necessary for the season given the short restart and you know perhaps compact scheduling yeah, I definitely think that's a that's a good rule change, especially in the Orlando humidity. Um, I know those games are going to be tough. Um, and like you said, with the season being cut and right in the middle like that, uh, or in the beginning, uh, it's definitely going to finish would definitely be an issue for most teams. So I think it'll be helpful and it'll give guys opportunities uh, who don't normally give us opportunities to play. And Dewan, some players, uh, notably Bill Hamid, came out this week and kind of voiced his displeasure about the Orlando tournament and having strict rules in place. What's your opinion of MLS's plan and the rules and the procedures that they're going to make you go through? Do you have any kind of issues with the precautions that they're taking? Um, it's really tough. I mean, obviously, I think we all want to get back to, to playing soccer. Um, and I think that this is 
realistically the only way I like the best way to like get it started again um just to have us all in the same spot I think it's going to be tough um once we all get down there and everyone having to stick to the rules it's definitely going to be tough and a challenge but um I think it's encouraging that we at least kind of have something set so we can start playing games and moving forward how are you feeling about being drawn to Group C? Are you and the your, the rest of your team kind of confident about your chances uh, after being drawn into Group C with DC, Montreal, and Toronto? Yeah, yeah, we think uh, we think it'll be fun. Um, definitely another chance to play Montreal will be will be exciting, um, and then two other great teams as well. So it's definitely going to be a challenge. I don't think anyone has an easy group, um, but we're thankful to be in the group with only four teams, and <laughs> we're excited for the challenge and the opportunity. You were seemingly a wild card in the 2019 Super Draft because you had such an amazing combine and, and turned some heads um, with your speed. And I think you were the fastest time in the 30-yard dash in the shuttle run. How was that combine experience? And did you feel like you had a lot of pressure to, to do well in the combine and boost your stock? Yeah, uh, I know a couple teams so knew, knew who I was. Or Andrew Six, I did a couple other combines before the MLS combine. But uh, I definitely knew that the testing day would be, would be a pretty big day for me um, just to get on a couple more teams' radars. Um, and... It worked out really well. I did really well. Like I said, I got first in the 30-yard dash and then the shuttle run and then top three in the vertical jump. So um, after like that, like I think every coach at least had heard about me at that point. And then like the next day, I scored a goal um, in the in our first game. So after that, my stock was pretty high and I got interviewed by like half the teams in the league. So uh, that was definitely good for my confidence. And I feel like I had a really good combine and I'm thankful to be in New England now. And what was your draft day? Like you mentioned, you had some conversations with other teams. Did you, did you have an indication New England was interested in that you might go with that 11th pick or even their earlier pick? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a conversation with, uh, the Revs uh, during the combine experience. And after I saw they had two early picks, I was thinking that there was a chance that they could take me. There were a couple of teams before them that I thought might take me. Um, but like you said, on draft day, it's like, you never know what's going to happen. You never know until it's official. <laughs> Um, but when I saw that they're at that two picks, I had a, I had a pretty good feeling that I would be coming here. And you grew up in Lansing, Michigan, and you went to college at Michigan State. So very much a Michigan guy. What were your thoughts on, on leaving Michigan for New England, and what were your initial impressions when you got here? Um, I'd never really been to the East Coast before, so I was just kind of looking forward to the, to, the, to the challenge and the experience. And I just knew that like once you sign this MLS contract, or sorry, once you get drafted, that's not a contract guarantee. So my mindset was just prove prove why I got drafted and prove myself to the team, uh, to my teammates and to the coaching staff so I can uh, actually get signed on to the first team. And uh, thankfully, I did good enough in preseason last year to, to get signed. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good experience, and it was nice to go over to Spain, my first time in Spain for preseason last year. So it was a pretty cool experience. And it seems like a, a lot of Revolution players moved to various areas around Boston or around Foxborough. Were you someone that ended up living closer to, to Boston or closer to Foxborough? Yeah, so I'm actually right in the middle. I'm in Braintree. Um, myself and Tejan, we decided that uh, we would live together. So we're now in our second year living together, and it's been great just to have another person to go through the same experiences that I'm going through. And we've been able to talk and just learn from each other and just kind of go through this whole experience uh, together. So it's been it's been a blessing. I'm curious, too, because I think I heard on the Farpost podcast that you and Brandon Bai actually knew each other because you're both Michigan guys. Did you talk to Brandon Bai after you were drafted by the Revs? Like, did you get in touch with him about moving to the area, or did he kind of show you around when you were drafted by the Revs? Yeah, so actually, uh, 
since I knew Brandon a little bit, I actually reached out to him before the combine um, and just cause I know he did really well in the combine as well. Um, so I was just asking him for like his advice and just wanted to know about his experience, which I thought could help me out for my combine experience and thankful uh, with our conversations that we've had. And then, um, like I said, he definitely reached out to me as soon as he saw that I was going to the revs. And then as soon as we got out here, he invited me and Tejan out to breakfast. Um, so that was really nice. So Brandon's been a, a good friend and a good teammate to me and all the young guys. There were some stories that came out last year that Brad Friedel really had some difficult training sessions and he really emphasized fitness and conditioning. Was it tough transitioning from college into preseason with Brad Friedel? As you say, you kind of had to prove yourself. Um, you had to kind of earn your contract, so to speak. Was it tough transitioning from college soccer in the fall to preseason under Brad Friedel with the Rebs? Yeah, um, for me, the fitness wasn't like the toughest thing. Um, I used to run cross country in middle school and I've always been pretty fit. So it wasn't necessarily the fitness that was tough for me. It was just uh, the intensity of every single training session. I feel like you can't really replicate that at the college level. Um, so, and then again, I was fighting for a contract. So every day it was just like, I mean, I got to earn it every single day. Uh, my back was against the wall and I was all the way in Spain. So it was like, it's now or never, you know, so. It was a cool experience, and I'm thankful that I was able to get signed by the end of it. But um, it was a little stressful, but also I think it was just nice to be able to compete and really just be given an opportunity and take advantage of it. And not only do you have to earn your contract, but fewer and fewer draft picks, it seems like year after year, are going into MLS and making an immediate impact like you did last year. You made 20 appearances in your rookie season, 14 starts. Uh, you started a playoff game. Did you expect to make that big of an impact your rookie year? Yeah, um, so I'm very confident. So in my head, I was thinking I could be rookie of the year. Um, so that didn't pan out. But overall, I would say it was a successful rookie season. Um, as I've been in the league now, I see how hard it is just to even make the 18 some games. Like, I remember, I want to say it might have been the third game last year. The team's going to Toronto, and I didn't get called in for, like, the 21, 20 or 21 players that were traveling. And I was just like, what? Like, this has never happened before. Um, so it was, just, it was just a different experience to, like, not be, like, one of the top players on the team and to have to really fight every training session just to get into, like, the, the bench, to get into the 18. Um, so... I was definitely an experience, um, but uh, it's good now. I'm, I'm definitely getting used to the league and seeing how hard you have to work every day just to keep your spot or to try to get into the into the lineup or into the eighteen. And you came out of Michigan State as a winger, but you ended up playing the majority of games last year at left back. Uh, were you told in preseason that the Revs were interested in converting you to left back? When did you make that transition to the back line? Yeah, um, there were a couple talks like that a little bit. Um, it was mainly Coach Lapper who thought I could be a really good outside back. Um, but I was primarily playing winger. There'd be a couple times in practice where I would practice the outside back a little bit. But it wasn't until Lapper took over for those couple games where I just kind of went right to defense. And then as soon as uh, Bruce was coming in, like I, I played against Montreal, I think at left back. And then I had a good game against LA Galaxy at left back. And then that's when Bruce took over. So I just kind of been an outside defender ever since then. Do you find it difficult to move to left back, or did you kind of pick it up naturally? Um, it's definitely different. Um, at Michigan State, I played winger and I had to do a lot of defending. Like we we had our wingers defend a good amount, so I knew some things. But being in the back line and being like that last guy and just basically being responsible for the whole like wing um, was definitely different and something I had to get used to. Um, just a lot of communication, 
like stepping up with the line, shifting over, like those are things that I didn't really, I didn't really know because as a winger, it's a little bit different uh, defending. Um, but yeah, definitely with all the practice that I've had with it now, I'm getting more used to it and I'm starting to enjoy the position more now. Were there any veteran players that uh, helped mentor you or helped you adjust to professional soccer? Yeah, I would say uh, Brandon was helpful as well as uh, Jalil Anibaba. Um, he actually would cut my hair uh, <laughs> like every other week. So that was nice. And every time you would always have like good conversations about like what's going on in training and he would just kind of help me with my mentality and just seeing like things in the game that as a rookie, you don't necessarily see, but since guys like that have been in the league for so long, they can kind of help me like go through some of the problems or like questions that I might have. So uh, he was very Jalil and I would say Brandon were like probably the most helpful for me in my first year. And this offseason, the Revolution added two veteran left backs and, and Alexander Butner and Sestinovic, um, which, you know, obviously adds competition to that spot. Uh, in preseason, you also got some minutes at, at, at right back. Did Coach Arena talk to you about how these additions might impact your role and whether it would open open it up for you to kind of play other positions? Yeah, yeah. So right now I'm, I've been practicing at both outside back positions, so right back and left back. And then sometimes I'll also be playing like a, a wide attacker or like in the middle a little bit. So. Uh, he, he sees the versatility in me, so I have a lot of different positions I can play. Um, but like you said, we have two veteran, good left-footed left-backs, so it's going to be a tough competition. So you might see me on the right, you might see me on the left. I mean, we don't really know right now. Um, every, like I said, everyone's fighting for a position right now, and trainings have been intense, and everyone's giving it their all. So we'll see what's going to happen come the first game. But uh, right now, uh, I can't I can't really say where I'll be playing right now. And, and obviously, Sinovic's got a, a ton of experience in MLS, and, and Butner's got a ton of experience in Europe. Um, but you know, both at left back, have, have those guys kind of taught you anything in your, sort of your, your brief time of getting to train with them so far? Yeah, Seth, uh, Seth has he, he like he's very detailed. Um, so he likes to like look at the little nuances of the game, and he'll tell me, "Hey, Duan, I think you could have done this here," or "Or what do you think about what I did here?" So uh, with Seth, we have a lot of conversations just about the position and like when to step, when to drop. And he's been very helpful with that. And then Alex, uh, just honestly, just watching his technique and things like that. Um, seeing how he gets out of tough situations has been, uh, hopeful. And I feel like I've learned from it. And you've had a you know few key moments in your rookie season. Um, uh, what would you say was more special to you? Your first goal in against Kansas city or, you know, later on that run down the sideline of Montreal. <laughs> oh man. Well, I definitely have to go with the goal because we got a goal off. We got a, you know, we scored off that. But the run was special um, just because that was my first game at left back and I thought I had a pretty good game. And then just to have that run was uh, was pretty awesome. I wish I could have scored that. Uh, that would have been really nice. But uh, that was really cool. That was a really cool moment. But definitely have to go with the goal because nothing like scoring a goal. <laughs> what was it like making your playoff debut in Atlanta? Uh, is there a different feel to the playoffs? Yes, definitely. Um, I don't know how many fans they had, but the stadium seemed packed. And just even in the warm-ups, just like looking around, it's just like, cannot believe I'm here right now playing against Atlanta United uh, in the playoffs. Um, like the whole game, their fans are rocking. And it was hard to even hear my teammates, like my center backs trying to talk to me. Um, but yeah, I feel like everyone's kind of locked in even more than the regular season. And you just know that uh, your your season's on the line. Um, so that was a really special moment. That was definitely one of my top moments, I would say, from uh, from my rookie season, just 
being able to take in that atmosphere and playing that playing that tough game in the playoffs. How has your experience been playing for Bruce Arena? Obviously, he, he took over last year, uh, and, and you've kind of talked about some of the conversations you've had. Um, have you enjoyed your, your time with Bruce Arena, and what's it like playing for him? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, what I like the most about him is that he likes to watch a lot of film, and he shows us a lot of film. So I feel like that's a great way to, to kind of really assess yourself. And it's one thing for someone to tell you what you did wrong, but when you can actually see it and then you can talk about it, I think that's very helpful. Um, so, and then he's always giving me little tips here and there, um, like little things, but I think those little things will add up, um, over time and just help me become a better player. Um, but yeah, it's been great. Um, coach arena and the staff, I think they're doing a great job with us. Everyone's on page, everyone's happy and the morale is always, always good. Was it difficult changing coaches so early into your professional career? Yeah, people ask me that, but for me, it was just the normal. <laughs> like, it's, it's, all I really, it's all I really know. Um, but it kind of worked out for me um, just because I was able to play under both coaches. Um, so um, it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, detrimental to me. And I feel like we've become a better team under Bruce. And I feel like guys are, like I said, guys are happier. The locker room is just more fun to be around. And, and yeah, it's just a better experience so far for me. Just going back to you made that comment about Atlanta and how you know how big the crowds were there and everything. Is it going to be weird going to Orlando now to uh, kind of play in front of empty stadiums? And do you think that's going to make it harder at all for guys to kind of get that competitive edge that you see in an MLS game? I think it's possible. I think we'll just have to wait and see. Honestly, um, I feel like when you watch uh, like the German league right now, the Bundesliga, I feel like the quality and I feel like guys are still going hard. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with our league um i know they were doing like the the crowd fan noise i'm not sure if we're gonna have that <laughs> but it'll be interesting it'll be interesting for sure because i feel like it is more of a training a training field if there's no fans but i mean these games are counting for something so got to have to rise to the occasion yeah and you mentioned watching the the bundesliga were are there any any teams throughout the world or, or mls that you grew up watching um, and, and any players that you've kind of modeled your game off of as, you know, as, as a kid growing up? Yeah. Um, as a kid, I loved Barcelona. Uh, I didn't re- necessarily catch their games, but whenever I would go to my grandparents' house, like every week or every other week, I would go to uh, like on demand and just watch the La Liga highlights and just see Messi just scoring all these goals, making all these assists. I'm just like, wow, this guy is the best. So I mean, I want to say Messi a little bit, and I feel like he inspired me to work on my left foot so much. Um, so it's uh, he's definitely been an inspiration to me. And then most recently, it's been uh, Manchester United for about the last last five or six years. And obviously, growing up in Michigan, you didn't have a, a local MLS team. But were you a fan of the league growing up? Um, not necessarily. Like I, I would watch the games, like in the playoffs, or if I just saw it on TV. But I, I didn't really have a team. Um, but I would, I would say the Columbus crew just cause they were like the closest team. And I've, I've been to a couple crew games before. We, we talked about your, your speed earlier. Have you ever had a teammate that was faster than you? Uh, maybe when I was playing in the summer league, uh, going into my senior year of college, uh, this guy, Leroy Enziguzi, uh, he's playing college soccer right now. He was close. He was really close. Probably the closest. Uh, I don't want to say he's faster than me because we never officially raced, but <laughs> he was very quick. 
we we talked about some of the uh, the highlights of your professional career so far, but what, what's been the top career highlight for you so far? Not all of your time in soccer. Uh, in my professional career, at, at any point, college, professional, any any point in your uh, soccer time playing soccer. Um, oof. the moment that like really sticks out is um, my senior year of college. Um, we made it to the final four. We played our elite eight game on our on our home field, like in the snow, and uh, just looked over at one of my uh, teammates, another senior. We just started crying because, like, that's what we have been dreaming to do since our freshman year. So to finally make it to the College Cup, especially like to end our last game at home with a win, uh, that was a very special feeling and one that I'll never forget. And one last question: um, the Revolution have obviously brought in some some big name players in the fast in the last few few years using their designated player spots with Carles Hill, uh, Gustavo Bo, and you know the fans have had a good chance to, to see those two, but they've only got a, a very brief chance to see Adam Buxo. W- what have you seen from him in training, and, and what do you think fans can expect of him um, going into this Orlando tournament and throughout his you know time with the Revolution? Yeah, you can expect to see a big player, a guy that's going to hold up the ball for us, a guy that's uh, good technically with the seat so we can dribble out of some tough situations and then just the finisher uh, pretty much anything in front of the net um, he's going to bang it home so I think we're going to be scoring a lot of goals in Orlando so I think fans can be excited for that and can you let people know where they can uh, follow you on Twitter yeah my uh, my name on Twitter and Instagram is Dewan Jones 24 D-E-J-U-A-N J-O-N-E-S 24 sorry 24 <laughs> Thanks, Dewan. And, you know, we appreciate everything you've been doing. You've been very active in uh, promoting some of the issues around Black Lives Matter. And for people that haven't seen it, there was a, a great video that you did along with Charlie Davies and some other current and former Revolution players. Um, that's up on YouTube and you can find through the New England Revolution website that, that everyone should check out. Uh, but but thanks a lot, Dewan, for joining us today and, and good luck in the upcoming Orlando tournament. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And that was second-year New England Revolution player Dewan Jones joining the Revolution Recap podcast this week. Dewan, obviously, you know, as we discussed, had a really fast start to his rookie career, uh, making 20 appearances and 14 starts. You just don't really see that very often from from Revolution players anymore. And you know, you kind of talk about you know Brad Friedel and some of the things that that didn't go right during his coaching tenure. You know, that was certainly one pick that that Brad Friedel got right and has been a key contributor to the Revolution uh, over a, a year and two games. And it seems like he's going to be one going forward. Yeah, and someday we'll do kind of a look back, a retrospective look back on Brad Friel. And one thing we will say is that Brad Friel nailed his picks. Uh, he got Brandon by Dewan Jones, Tayon Buchanan. Those are three guys that have certainly flashed potential. Uh, and Dewan Jones potentially has the highest potential out of all of them, which is saying a lot. It was really great talking to Dewan and uh, kind of getting his thoughts on his rookie year and the upcoming Orlando tournament. And uh, we really appreciate the time from him. Yeah, and then as players get healthy too, it'd be very interesting to see how his versatility works out um, in the upcoming rest of the season. If there is more competition at left back, if we see him get some time back in the midfield, so a lot of a lot more ahead in his career, I think, and a, a lot more to see from him. So exciting, exciting times for the Revolution with you know what, what seems like a, a good break for them to get their roster healthy and going into this Orlando tournament. Um, and with that, I think we'll we'll wrap up here. You guys covered the the Revs news pretty well on the last podcast. But, you know, you can follow me at, at Sean L. Donahue. And, Greg, if you want to give out the, the Revolution Recap Twitter handles and, and Facebook. Yeah, well, you can follow us at Revolution Recap. And you can also like our Revolution Recap Facebook page as well. Uh, we post our episodes to both Facebook and to Twitter. And also, please, we always appreciate uh, reviews on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Feedback is always greatly appreciated. 
And I think we still don't have the revolution schedule for the Orlando tournament. And we're not sure when we'll be back on next, but I'm sure as the schedule comes out, we'll probably have more of a regular schedule of the podcast. Yeah, it should be noted too, we're recording this on Wednesday. So if we post this on Friday, I'm sure the schedule will have come out and we'll sound really dumb. But uh, yeah, as of this recording right now at 2.39 on Wednesday, MLS has not released their schedule. Yes, exactly. And with that, thanks again to everyone for listening. And we'll, we'll keep you posted on our social media channels and we'll be back up.